Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Heart to Health Talk. I'm Tisi, and I will be your host for our second series on our podcast on adulting. So, one thing I experienced growing older was that I slowly started to get more freedom. And it was not just my parents who were honestly already pretty understanding, letting loose their supervision on me as I transitioned from a child to young adult. But it was also my perception of self. Because slowly, more and more, I was managing my life. As I grew older, I had more autonomy in my choices and finances. And I got to choose how and what I spent my time and money on. And that included the not-so-healthy and the not-so-morally right things. Because, I mean, like, I don't always want to eat healthy. Sometimes I don't want to be a spendthrift. I want to spend more on things that I want. And occasionally we indulge in our guilty pleasures. As we enter adulthood, it's really up to us to manage ourselves. No one else will be watching over our shoulders, telling us, Hey, don't do that. It's not healthy for you. If we don't catch ourselves, we might very well sink to depravity. As people learning to adopt, it's really a process of learning to become a better version of ourselves after each experience. Ultimately, we hope to live a quality life. Hence, I feel like it's really important for us to be aware and to be able to identify the vices and the not-so-healthy things in our lives. But hold up, vices? Isn't that like smoking, drugs, alcohol? Well, yes, but also no. Well, luckily for us, we have Izen here with us to have this conversation with me on what exactly are vices, along with how we could balance our enjoyment with health. Izen is a designer who graduated from the School of Design and Environment and majored in Industrial Design, where she worked on several health and medical technology centre projects. Since graduation, she's been certified as an Integrative Nutrition Health Coach and has been exploring ways to support individuals' holistic health and well-being. This belief in holistic health is the core of her home-baking business called the plantbakery.sg that specialises in producing yummy, flourless, gluten-free zucchini cakes with whole food ingredients. Hi Zen, thanks so much for joining us today. Hi Tassim, happy to be here. I'm Izen. I'm a designer and yeah, as you said, I graduated from Industrial Design in NUS. I'm currently a digital product designer for a government agency. So um, I engage in conversations to align stakeholders and users, essentially being advocate for the users with a goal of enhancing their digital internal systems. And prior to this, um, I've worked on several design projects in areas of public health and med technology, as you mentioned. So for instance, I've designed an interactive product to facilitate medical students learning of the heart biology, the echocardiogram, and created tools for elderly physiotherapy that tap on their intrinsic motivations to perform their therapy exercises. And I've worked on an app for my thesis, actually, to nudge students to choose healthier food options in school. And I'm also a certified holistic health coach. So uh, in that sense, I'm capable of supporting personal growth and development in the areas of nutrition and overall wellness. At the core of my practices, be it in design, coaching, baking, or whatever way that it will manifest, I think it's really... The philosophy or my belief that in understanding human behavior in its context and creating an environment to support that can really support people in making more effective and sustainable decisions for themselves. I think, yeah, it's very meaningful that the core of your belief is to help to support people to make proper decisions because it's very relevant to our conversation today on vices. Vices is a whole concept of us trying to make proper decisions for ourselves while still being able to live the life that we want. I think the idea of vices is quite interesting because given Singapore's climate of the very strong drug-free campaign, we are brought up thinking that vices equals drugs equals bad. You might even end up in jail, you know. But 
If you talk about vices, I feel like there's this ingrained moral idea behind it. If you talk about moral being good, I think that being moral is to be good to our body too and try to minimize unhealthy habits. What do you think? Yeah, for sure. I agree. I think it's quite subjective, the idea of vices, right? So we have to be aware of what actually is a vice for us individually. So what unhealthy habits do you consider to be vices? Okay, so if vices are seen as unhealthy habits, then I think I would break down that question a little bit more. A habit is something we do repeatedly, right? And as for the word unhealthy, I think it connotes the inability of the body to function as well as it should. So if I piece these two components together, an unhealthy habit is really something that we repeatedly do that keeps me from performing as my best self. Let's say I had a huge piece of cake on a random day just because I feel like it. That's not going to set me back in the grander scheme of things. So in that sense, I won't consider that an unhealthy habit. But if I were, let's say, gorging on sweets and chips every day late into the night after work, now that's a red flag because chances are it would take a toll on my body and that's what I would consider an unhealthy habit. Mm. I fully agree. Because when we think of unhealthy, then we'll think of these kind of unhealthy eating habits. I was thinking for some habits that we have, although it might at first glance seem like it's actually pretty healthy, if we overindulge in it, it might become excessive and damaging to ourselves. One example I would give would be exercising. So people who are trying to achieve a better BMI, they'll be like, okay, I need to exercise. But some people delve too much into it and they over-exercise and might even end up injuring themselves. Or that recent article that came out about how this lady gotten injured very badly during a spin class. Do you think that would be considered advice too? Hmm, yeah. Actually, it's quite funny that you mentioned spin classes because I've actually heard from people in the healthcare industry that when spin classes started to trend, the number of accident and emergency cases in the hospital spiked correspondingly. And apparently it was correlated to this so-called phenomenon of over-exercising and literally spinning to your body, which is a fun fact. Yeah, but I guess to your question about overindulgence or over-exercising, um, would these be considered bad habits? I think I have two parts to my answer. The short answer is yes, for sure. As you say, overdoing anything is probably detrimental to your well-being, even if the intention was good. Let's say you, you want to have more greens, but you overconsume broccoli. So I would say, yeah, it's great for the body, but it's probably going to strain your digestive system if, let's say, you're having it every day, every meal, and that's it. And don't take my word for it, of course. There's scientific literature out there for you to do your due diligence. So my short answer is, yeah, for sure. If you overdo something, then chances are it's going to be bad for your health. Part two of my answer is actually a question back to you. Like, how do you know when you're actually overindulging or having overdone something? You know? And by what measure uh, are you overdoing it? I think I talked about this briefly before. If the behavior doesn't support your bodily function, then I would consider it advice. So if you're constantly exercising, even if the intention is started off good, to a point where you feel like it's affecting the other areas of your life, that like you can't function properly, you're eating all day, you can't go to work, then that's really a red flag. Mm, I agree. Even though it's a good thing, in excess, it still becomes bad for us because there's no idea of moderation and ultimately doesn't serve to allow our body to function to its best self. Yeah, absolutely. I think... We were talking about the intention, right? How you do some things are just as important as what you do. Speaking of vices or this kind of unhealthy habits in your life, do you have any vices in your life at the moment or previously? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm just as human as any one of you. <laughs> and also maybe because of my personality, I tend to challenge my limits to a breaking point before I figure out it's probably not the best way to live my life or at least not what I want for myself. So yeah, for sure. I'm susceptible to vices as well. For instance, in the past, I've actually tried many diets and let's just say first and foremost that diets don't work for the sheer fact that they are actually not meant to be sustainable anyway. And they were created because they worked for someone else who doesn't have my body. I mean, just putting it out there. But yeah, so at a very low point in my life, like where everything else seemed to be failing, I actually turned to food as a coping mechanism. 
So I couldn't really control the things that were happening around me. So I wanted to feel in control about how people saw me, I guess, in a way. So I took to food. So basically the idea, the idea that, you know, being skinny would fix my problems, being skinny means non-likable and whatever else that you believe. So I had controlled my food intake to a point where it was unhealthy and I would consider actually disordered eating, but I didn't know at that point in time. Yeah, so that kind of eating pattern was a vice. How do you realise that this was becoming a vice? Honestly, it's very hard to see when you're in it. That's why they exist. There's a lot of inside work actually to do in order to get out of any habit. What I realised was probably I was really unhappy with the way I was treating myself and I figured it really took a toll on my health as well. So it was quite obvious by that point and I just knew that I didn't want that life for myself. So the only way was to change it. Yeah, as you mentioned, vices, there's a lot of psychological components to it. Especially if it's things that you start off with a good intention. Because you'll be like, I'm facing all these problems, but I'm trying to achieve this, you know. I'm trying to be maybe thinner or have a healthier body. But then you start getting trapped in this. I'm trying this, but then I'm facing all these problems. That's why I should try more, to try to overcome it. But life doesn't necessarily work out that way. Oh, sure. And I think there is an issue with that. It's quite common because the issue is, I would say humans tend to blame ourselves. We say like, oh, we're not determined enough, not disciplined enough, not everything but actually are you meeting yourself where you're at and are you being honest about your current standing where you are is that actually what you need i think this being mindful of your body and um, how you feel your energy levels can actually help you realize your own vices i think you mentioned yeah the intention is good but is that really good for you in that moment in time that's something else we can ask ourselves yeah this is quite insightful to be mindful of where we are and what we want to achieve and what our body is feeling right now and is being good for us personally i've been fortunate enough not to have any real vices the only thing that i would consider a real vice is that i indulge in stories too much you know people who binge watch on things i am that person but for me it was more of reading and shows i'm that person who will be walking while reading i'll get so addicted or like reading watching shows that sometimes i'll just indulge in escapism and like, have a power of work left undone so mine's the exact opposite of yours because i don't push myself enough and this ends up leading to a lot of problems later on Actually, the idea of meeting ourselves where we're at so everyone is really very different so you've got to know yourself in order to realize your own vices mm. after identifying our vices you know this is not so good for me right now how do you take the next step to try to resist the temptation to go back to this vice it's relevant to be mindful about yourself. To try to change a behaviour that we have. First, we need to understand what is bad about it. Then we need to identify that, hey, I am doing this bad habit. And after we identify that, we need to think, okay, I want to take action to stop it. But even after we take action to stop it, it's like smoking campaigns. There is this process of after you get out of the habit, then you have the temptation to go back again. And you might have to go through a few cycles before you totally manage to break it away. And each time you go through the cycle, you have consciously tell yourself that, okay, you know, I got to get out of this habit. And you have to consciously remind yourself, no, please try not to indulge in that vice again. So I guess based on your analogy, I think if the problem is actually trying to break out of a habit, I would try to shift my perspective instead of thinking, okay, this is bad for me, so I'm going to quit it. What is something that I can crowd out that habit? So for example, I'm always having dessert after meals or something. Must be a reason for it, right? So I'll investigate further. I wouldn't just stop at the fact that, okay, this is bad for me. I'm not going to do it. I would actually look at the context. Why am I eating that? Are there certain times of the day where I'm more susceptible to this vice? Maybe I'm stressed at work. There are a lot of other factors that influence your choices and your behavior. So I think I would investigate in that area. And when I actually recognize the issue, for example, I know that, okay, my work is causing me a lot of stress if I work all the way to 8 p.m. at night or something then there's something else I can do rather than just focus on, okay, I'm not going to eat. I would change the way I work in order to influence the event that happens after work, which is me overindulging in Kenya. So I would go to the root cause of the problem one way. And the other is you can't really just get rid of a bad habit in a snap. There has to be something that replaces it. So if I'm going to quit coffee, for example, 
not just as simple as, okay, tomorrow, the next day, and the following day, I'm not going to have coffee anymore. No, I'm going to have to find a replacement for it. And before I get to, let's say, the healthiest option, maybe water as a replacement for it, I could maybe switch to caffeinated coffee. I could do Milo or something. It's really a step-by-step process. And in order to successfully change a habit, I would say, is to know what's the next incremental step. What's the next best thing that you can do for yourself? That makes it much clearer, this idea of introspection. Because sometimes when we indulge in advice, like the dessert example they gave, we'll just go, oh, I just like desserts, that's why I'm eating desserts. But you don't identify that I'm always eating desserts and I'm always eating desserts at a certain timing or when a certain event happens. I think through this process of introspection, it's very meaningful in a sense because you want to know why this is happening so that you can stop it from happening in the future. Because having the desert, having that short-term pleasure, is a short-term solution to your stress that you're feeling at the moment. And maybe changing the way you're scheduling your things or how you're engaging with conflicts could like, change the way that you feel stress. Absolutely. Actually, on that note, I would say certain things are short-term pleasures, but there's nothing really bad about it unless you keep letting it happen. But it takes a lot of um, intention, introspection. It's a lot of insight work to actually want to change the short-term habits. That brings us to the next point, the point that you mentioned about how that habit in itself might not necessarily be a bad thing. But when we keep relapsing to it or it happens so often that it impairs our body from performing to its best ability, then I feel like there's this idea of healthy life versus quality life. Because when we overindulge in things, on one side of the extreme, it is bad. But on the other side of it, if we cut it out entirely, if I cut out desserts for me, I'll feel super sad. That means I can't enjoy life anymore. But then there's also this middle part, right, which is kind of grey, where if you simply reduce the behaviour, is it enough to say that I'm doing good for myself when the behaviour might be something that's super damaging? How do you think we should come to terms with this? Should we go to either extremes or should we come to the middle? And, and what is it dependent on? I think we mentioned this briefly before about how it's about finding balance. And that middle ground is that balance, that range that we all have to find for ourselves. There isn't like a fixed answer for it, honestly. I guess your question is also more what would I consider a quality life? Actually, a friend of mine mentioned this quite recently and it stuck with me. Like, a quality life is actually one where you're happy, horny and hungry. Oh, then she was like, have you heard of this? And I was like, um, no. Her point is that, well, if you're happy, hungry and horny, you're probably healthy. And it makes sense because if you're happy in and through you, the chances are you're managing your life stresses pretty well. Yet you're going to have a slice of cake or whatever it is, you're managing yourself pretty well. And being horny well, obviously your hormones are functioning well too. And feeling hungry, that's actually a very basic bodily response. So basic healthy person needs to have an appetite. Nowadays, actually on that note, there's this notion of being hungry isn't necessarily a good thing if you're on a diet. But you know what? Actually being a healthy person, you need to have an appetite. So I think, oh yeah, being a healthy person, you have a regular appetite. And being healthy to me is a quality life. So these three factors, I guess, are a good measure. To sum up what you said, it was more of being able to do the things that you want while still not damaging your body. And the key word is moderation and mindfulness. Yeah, for sure. It's about balance. And I think quality to me, it's really inseparable from health. You have wealth, for example, but you don't have health. All your wealth is going to be channeled to healthcare. So think about it that way. Quality life is really where you're functioning optimally. You have the energy you need to fulfill your purpose to actually do the things you want to do, spend time with people that you love. That, to me, is a quality life, and you need help for that, so it's inseparable. Yeah, certainly. After all, since this podcast is aimed at use all around, I think as we are transitioning to adults, and as I mentioned earlier, we start having more autonomy and we get to choose things. I guess we just have to choose right, and choose things that make you healthier, happier, hornier. 
On that note, since you mentioned about making choices, as we get more autonomy to make the choices, first, recognize your choices, your go-to choices, and why you're actually making those decisions. That also helps us to, quote-unquote, resist the temptations that come our way. For me, at least, it was helpful to take time out for introspection to figure out, you know, know my purpose. It's not going to come to you instantly, but once you figure out incrementally what you're aligned with, what's your purpose, who are you really, and your priorities, your values, think the choices that you make helps you figure out what might tempt you Maybe not even now, but in the future. It kind of helps you navigate these temptations from the root cause uh, by you know, mindfulness, uh, being intentional about where you focus your energy. I think there's a very good guiding life philosophy because I feel like a lot of us in this process of adulting and trying to figure out life, there's so many choices that we want to make. But if we don't understand the reasons behind them and all that, we wouldn't know how to do it. So if we understand the reasons and our goals, perhaps that will help us pave a progress, a path in our life. Right, absolutely right. I think especially with digital transformation all around, you know, we are receiving so much energy and information, whether you realize it or not, from everyone and everything around you. So really being intentional is your best defense against things that you shouldn't do or things that will harm your body. There's so many platforms out there that are telling you, you should be doing this, you should be doing this, you should look like this, you should look like that. But really, like, is that helpful and good for you? Only you would know. Fully agree. Thank you so much for having this conversation with me on vices and how we can be a better version of ourselves in this process of adulting. We've come to the end of this conversation and it's now time for our rapid fire questions. Alright, so every episode we ask three questions to the guests regarding health. This is just for our listeners to get to know you and for you to drop any more bits of wisdom on us along the way. In one line, what does health mean to you? Health means happiness, self-compassion, energy, to be able to do the things that I love and continue to create value. Now, second question is, what is one bad health habit that you want to get rid of? Ooh, this is a tough one. I think it's more of like a mindset, not a particular action or activity that I do, but it's a mindset of being too self-critical, maybe. That's something that might set me back personally, I think. Certainly, I think that's something that everyone should also pick up. Last question, what is one health habit that you would swear by? Wow. (laughs) There are many, though. I would say it's... It's multifactorial. Health is really a holistic thing. So even if you eat all your greens, if your social life is a little bit lacking here and there, you would not be the healthiest person. Honestly, you might even suffer from a little bit of, you would be suffering mentally, I bet. So I'm not so sure how to answer that question because I see it from a more like holistic point of view. I would say mindfulness, intentionality. Yeah, I think that it still requires a conscious effort for us to keep revisiting that state of intentionality and mindfulness to reflect and introspect. There is a ripple effect to the rest of the activities in your life. Fully agree. Alright then, we've come to the end of our conversation for today. Thank you so much for joining us today, Izen. Thanks for having me. I was happy to be here. Thank you. Bye.